I welcome to another installment of the Weird Pastors Kid podcast. I'm your host, Shelton Williams, and we have the man, the myth, the legend, um, Pastor Xavier Small. We have educator, future writer, Dr. Deshaun McKenzie. We- <laughs> <laughs> and we have an amazing episode for you today. We're going to be talking about some things here. Uh, we will be talking about um, Ukraine because it's the biggest topic coming up in the news today. But I will want to say the views and opinions of the Weird Pastors Kid podcast are just the views and opinions of this show. Do your own Googles, do your own research and find your own conclusions. However, we will talk about what we think about um, different things that are going on. Um, I had to do some study on this. Of course, we are. We, listen, man, when it comes to um things going on in the world I'm not really big on and I'm and I had it took me a while to figure out why should I care in a way at first before like Russia actually invaded Ukraine before like when did the talks was going on I'm like why like why is this a big deal why should we care about it why should the United States even be interested in what's going on in that side of the world so um but the images though when you see like the bombing and you see the um the destruction when you see the the people that are in pain when you see these different things and these ukrainians and and what they're dealing with and honestly i mean it's not the 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 reasoning behind this war doesn't really make much sense to me personally now um i know a couple i know uh, when we last spoke deshaun you were talking about how you were mad at joe biden about how he was handling the Ukraine situation. This is before, you know, Russia really started, you know, going in on Ukraine and whatnot. What were you kind of upset with Joe Biden on? Should he, what could he have done better to have maybe prevent the situation? Or do you think there's nothing that could have been done to kind of prevent this war that we're seeing right now? Yeah, um, I mean, I want to start off saying like, to be clear, because I think there's like a weird dichotomy with war stuff, you know, mo- movies, TV, G.I. Joe's, people think there has to be like a good guys, bad guys thing. And sometimes every- everybody involved is the bad guys. Yeah. Like Ukraine, bad guys, I, not them, but like Russia and America, NATO. Ukraine is just a, a, a pawn in, in this like larger power struggle. So as far as like Joe Biden, like the thing, like what make, what frustrates me is like the America does a lot and we we see this throughout history. America does a lot of throwing rocks and hiding their hand. And the and American people eat a lot of that up because we just assume we're the good guys. Like there's this narrative. We're like hyper patriotic. There's a lot of American war propaganda. You know, we talked about it last time. Like people don't question the military budget because like, well, we're supposed to have a strong military and the flag and, and, and all that stuff. And I'm not even like, I don't hate America fundamentally, but there is a lot of like just military, military propaganda that we eat up. So like, all this stuff with Russia, like um, the best comparison I've heard for it is that you, us pressuring Ukraine to join NATO is like, well, well, it's not a comparison. This, this is what will happen is allowing us to put bombs and like nuclear weapons in Ukraine, which is on the border of Russia. And we've been, we've been pressuring uh, Ukraine and we've been um, putting sanctions on Russia for a long time. We've been like egging Russia on. So this is like the final straw. And the best comparison I heard was when, the Russians wanted to put nukes in Cuba because Cuba was communist and Russia was communist during the Soviet Union. 
we freaked out. The Cuban Missile Crisis is a significant point in American history. Like that was like the closest we ever came to a, a nuclear war. That's Ukraine for Russia right now. That is, you're putting nukes that can reach our major cities on our border. That's Cuba, where Cuban, if we if they put nukes in Cuba, they could reach America instantaneously. There's no stopping them. There's no time for anti, you know, no air defense missiles or anything like that. That those nukes are hitting. So that's the big thing with Russia. Like again, and they're they're invading Ukraine has there's a bunch of issues with what they're doing. They think like Ukraine doesn't have a right to exist and it should be part of Russia because there's a lot of Russians in Ukraine and there's cultural similarities, blah, blah, blah. That's not stuff that I, Russia's wrong in that. And that, that's not stuff I get into because that's their internal politics to work out. But as far as, as an American, my view of how America's handling it is, we're doing a lot of provoking Russia and then hiding our hand and being like, look at them, they're the bad guys. They're invading Ukraine. When we have given, we put an existential threat inside of Ukraine. Hmm. Like we have, given Russia an existential threat in Ukraine and then said, why are they invading Ukraine? Why would they do that? Well, we've threatened their existence by trying to pressure Ukraine to join NATO. And also America has supported like Nazi movements in Ukraine. And a lot of people don't realize that. Like some of these like people where everyone's like, look how patriotic the Ukrainians are. They're, they're fighting for their country. Some of those people are Nazis, number one. Some of those people are being conscripted. They're not choosing this. Ukraine's forcing them into battle. This, this is not a, some giant patriotic war for Ukraine. Some of those people are not good people either. Mm. So that's that's where America is, again, throwing rocks, hiding their hand. And that's frustrating me because a lot of Americans are just eating it up. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I did, I saw something, some stuff about this, about how, like, um, America, it's kind of like, they, they I don't want to say they propped it up Ukraine, but they, they were really, like, giving aid to Ukraine and doing different things to Ukraine. Um, because I, I guess it, it's, like, I was looking up some stuff here that I guess, in the 90s, this even goes back to like, uh, oh, man, I can't even think of oh, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton and all those and a lot of different things that happened in the 90s, where it was like they the Ukrainians wanted to be a part of NATO. But NATO was like, uh, like, like, we're going to be friendly with you, but we're not going to really um, allow you to be really a part of NATO because they understood that Russia didn't want that. Russia didn't want them to ally with them or even with the European Union and things of that nature. Um, we're, we're giving all this kind of aid to Ukraine. It was like a lot of the weird things like this that's going on. And I, and I can see why, you know, the, you know, why Russia would be upset or be like, hey, like what's going on here? Are you, is, this, is this an act of war? Is this an act of aggression? I, you know, and that's kind of how they look at things. But what I was looking at too was the fact of, what I find interesting is we're doing all these economic things, right? To where like, oh, some of these people now, you know, they can't use like, I think they can't use PayPal. There's some kind of like thing where they were like, they were forcing them to only use cash. They were, bro, they were shutting them, they were shutting websites down in Russia. I think you can't even play Disney Plus in Russia. There's like different like things that's going on. And it's really like hurting the Russian people. And there's a lot, and what I find interesting about that, and maybe it's because I have maybe a naive concept of war and sanctions, but my issue is like, maybe we should be more upset with like the, the people at the top of Russia. Why are we hurting like the, like people, like they're going to be Russian people that are going to be in famine. They're not going to be able to, they're going to probably be to starve themselves. You know, there's, their economy is going to pretty much be destroyed and I don't know if Russia, if if uh, Putin even cares about that, because he really wants to it's what what's, he wants to expand Russia into Ukraine and, and all these different things. And so um, I don't understand the the point 
of hurting the Russian people when there's a lot of Russian people that are against this particular war, you know? And so, and maybe it's because I, I don't, I, I don't know, maybe I've just have this naive concept of war in, in general, but like, um, how do you feel knowing that like, like Xavier, how do you feel knowing that these Russian people who might be against the war, who's probably against all this stuff, they're hurting economically, they have to get cash, they can't use the, you know, their debit cards, they're not able to um, get food, the prices of things have now all increased, and things of that nature, like, when maybe they're against it, it's a large part of Russian, Russian um, people right now that are against this particular war that's going on. I think, you know, and it's been said a lot, but I think sometimes people forget that war affects more than politicians and soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of people um, on the ground that end up becoming casualties. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the in the, mi- in the middle of it. You know what I'm saying? And I think we, you know, I say we, but generally speaking, like, people, you know, I feel like it's a very, that's a very common response. You know what I'm saying? For people mm-hmm. to for people to respond and be like, no, nah, I'm not really about this because it's actually super affects me negatively, and I'm not I may not even and I mean, just because someone may be in a particular country doesn't even mean that they completely like side with their you know what I'm saying I mean this our group is an example right here of us talking about we spent how many like years talking about the you know what I'm saying the the faults of America you know what I'm saying there might yeah. be people who are who were in there that's like, this is dumb and I don't even support this. And this even shows us because like the price of food is rising or, or, or the, the price of gas, or, you know what I'm saying? We can insert whatever, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Commodity that we want to, we want to put in there, you know what I'm saying? But it, I just think it's a very natural response for people to respond that way. Like it doesn't yeah. shock. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm just hurt. Like, I'm just like, like, I mean, I don't know what it's up. It's like, man, all these, these people, like I saw something and I know, um, I know this is like a small example, but I was on Twitter the other day and this guy who like, I guess he, his, all his money that he makes is from streaming. And so he's a guy from Russia who I guess he plays video games, whatnot, but all his money comes from streaming. And then, but that, that income just gets slashed because everyone is doing all of these sanctions against Russia. So now he's like, I don't know how I'm going to feed myself because the one area that I had to make money, that's been taken away from me. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. So it's just, I'm just like, well, how is that those, these things that we're doing really going to stop Russia from doing what we're ultimately trying to, you know, have them do. And also throughout history, economic sanctions don't really seem to really, I don't say they don't work, but I just don't, I don't see the point of them as much as maybe I should. Um, but what do you say to Sean? I know you, you're the, you, you're the history professor here um, when it comes to all this stuff, man, what do you, how do you feel about all this? Yeah, I mean, I, just fundamentally, like, this is, like, the socialist principle. Like, anytime, like, we're squeezing the working class of another country, I'm going to be against it. Like, you know, we have sanctions on Cuba. And, you know, you'll see, like, pro, like these protests in Cuba, they'll try to highlight in America and be like, look, they don't like their government. They, they don't have enough food. The issue isn't they don't have enough food. The issue is that we have sanctions on their country and a literal blockade that keeps them from getting resources and trading with other countries. It's, you know, it's a, it's a corny meme, but, like, you know that, like, it's from the old Eric Andre show where it's like, he somebody and he turns around and he's like who did this he's holding the gun yeah and people yeah yeah like america is eric andre and it'll be like venezuela like shooting venezuela and then it'll be like america shooting cuba america shooting russia america shooting china 
America shooting like and insert like 10 South American countries that have tried to have revolutions. And then like afterwards, it'll be like, why would socialism do this? But it's like we're we're economically we're the economic hub of the world. It just is what it is. So we have the economic power to squeeze these people and whether or not. Yeah, and I don't support Russia in this war in Ukraine. But like like I saw today, McDonald's closed 84000 stores in Russia as like a like we stand with the Ukrainians. Well, that's 80. I'm at like imagine like even if only 10 people work at every McDonald's. And it's probably much more than that. That's 840,000 jobs. And it's probably like 20 to 50 people, depending on the hours and blah, blah, blah. Like, you're, that's up close to millions of people yep. who just lost their jobs, who are just regular working class people, just regular people trying to make a living, trying to, trying to pay their bills. And like they're, they got drawn into, this is going to be a really lame comparison, but everyone will get it. Remember like in Age of Ultron, when Captain America was giving that speech while they were trying to like get everybody out of... Um, uh what's what's the country it's the, the fake country they use yeah yeah but, um oh man i know the one you're talking about too when they're yeah, trying to get them out of there yeah that country yeah but that country. he was saying like this is a war they didn't sign up for so like we have to get them out and it was mm-hmm. it showed like, montages of them trying to get the people out of the city and it's like um that's russia like there's a bunch of regular people who are not in this but there's oligarchs there's super rich people there are people who putin like answers to and I don't, I'm not a fan of Putin myself. Like there are plenty of people involved who have, who, like we, I take issue with, and America should take issue with. But those like regular workers at McDonald's, they're just regular people who who wanted to get up today and go to work and make sure they could pay their bills. So when we put these on countries, like uh, I think Americans really get again, it's the it's the war propaganda machine thing where it's like we have to like destroy these people in every way. Like those are there's a lot of regular people out there who like Russia's a big country. There's millions and millions of just very regular people who cannot feed their kids tomorrow. Like, and that's significant, that matters. But like, whether or not we have issue with Russia, like we're not gonna sell any Russian products over here. I mean, you can do that, but that doesn't hurt the guy who owns Fedka, the liquor company. It owns people who work at the factory who bottles Fedka for change, you know what I mean? Like, and you're I, cutting- and, and, I think, and I think it just makes it seem as if like Putin, like, and I'm not saying Putin doesn't care. And I, cause I don't like, but it doesn't seem like that's going to really impact him and his decision-making, you know right, what I mean? For the working class, the answer is oligarchs. The rich people are going to be. That's yeah. what the answer. Like you're not, you're like you're not hurting anybody besides just regular poor working class Russians, and that's you know it's, it's frustrating to look at, and it's sad because again, they're. The, I guess the hope is that if you squeeze them tight enough, those people will stand up against their government. But like that's not going to make Russia mm-hmm. not go to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Like political issues are more complex than just people being angry about it. Yeah, like I forget, man. It was some senator, and I, I ain't trying to be mean, but I can't think of his name right now. I think it was a Republican senator that was like saying the people of Russia need to assassinate Putin. I was like, yeah. "Oh, that too, yeah." Said, what? 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 What are you talking about? Like some of these people just be like, I don't think people understand. Like, if something like this happened here, like, what are we supposed to do? Like, when? And it makes me also what makes me nervous too is that you begin to realize how much power some of these people have like literally like I, I i don't use cash like i don't i don't use cash i don't use cash really at all there's no need for me to i just i just i don't use cash really not not that often right but here's the thing in an instant somebody could snap like mess something up and now all of a sudden i'm like oh snap i need to get cash i need to go to the bank because all these people have power to freeze assets so quickly like some of the sanctions, right, they're having, it's like, this is, this is to me, this is stupid. But all Russian banks um, have their, will have their assets frozen. All of them? 
All Russian companies in the state will be stopped from raising finance or borrowing money on UK markets. They're saying that they're, they're, tra- they're trying to target 70% of the Russian banking market in key state-owned, for- state-owned firms. So it's like, but you have to understand, it's not going to just, this isn't going to impact the really wealthy people. It's just going to impact, the, like you said, the working class people, which kind of, I guess it just bothers me because none of these things really make that much sense to what we're trying to, to just, to, you know, stop them from doing. And then also, we don't know if this situation could impact how Russian people see the West, right? Or you don't know if this could impact, okay, and I'm not, I'm, this is not me condoning anything. So don't, I don't want anyone to twist it around, but how many times do we see like in movies where someone is upset with America due to something that America has done, which made them become a terrorist because they do X, Y, and Z. And the, their reasoning behind it is, but okay, how many times have we seen memes that said uh, memes where people would say, well, this would be, you know, my, uh, my villain story, right? This is how I become a villain stuff like this is what would happen right and no one's condoning it but then you have to get to a point of understanding it when you have things like bitcoin shutting down or things like all these different things shutting down in this market so it's stuff like that that kind of i guess bugs me and bothers me when it impacts like the working class people who have no say who had no like they're not the ones who made the decision to invade ukraine the way that we have right so i think about war i hate war so much because it impacts, like in this case, the Russian people, the Ukrainian people, and also the economy around the world. Because now we're we're not getting gas from them, right? And now in America, gas ain't such a huge, we're not, we don't take too much from them when it comes to like natural gases. Like I think I read somewhere that we take like three to 10% of natural gases from uh, Russia. But at this point in time, okay, Shutting off a supply of gas when gas around the country is skyrocketing. Okay. I'm not saying, listen, listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I don't understand it. I'm just saying though, gas going up and we shutting off a supply of gas that where we get gas from. I mean, every little bit helps. Right. And I know I've heard some people talk about drilling and we need to drill more in these situations. But apparently, even if we drilled like something now, it won't even be um, we won't be able to use this for our supply for another six months. So it wouldn't be even a, an immediate thing. So now we're, we're over here calling up Venezuela. We calling up all these other people who we normally. Venezuela is funny from America. Th- th- bro, bro, bro. bro. They're, they're on the list of countries who we'd be sanctioning and trying to hurt. And all of a sudden, we're like, "Hey, hey, what you got on that gas, hey, though?" Hey, I, hey, how about that gas, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, we, I think we were hitting up Iran, like all these people that we have, like, and the and the, here's the interesting part: if you start looking up the reason why we did sanctions in some of these countries, it's because of oh man, what was the, the reasoning behind it? I'm, I'm trying to get the exact wording, but basically, it's human rights violations, right? Is the reason why we. I just find that interesting. That's all I'm going to say. But now, hey, hey, I know you you guys are doing some human rights situation. Hey, hey, we need that gas, though. We need that bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I will say this. Something that Trump said, and it's been circling in right-wing, right-wing circles, is Trump said this, I think, a couple of years ago. And a lot of the leaders were kind of making fun of Trump at this time. But people are trying to say that Trump was a genius for this. you know. But it's, it's one of those things... I, I want to jump. Anyways, 
he said that um, Europe should stop relying so much on on Russian, you know, getting gas and stuff from Russia, um, because in the in Europe, I think like forty percent, like it's, it's it's a high percentage of their um, natural gas comes from Russia. So because of that, um, you know, they're very reliant on a nation who. You know, the, the Russia be doing their own thing. That's all we can say. Russia be doing their own thing. And so the, Trump was right in that case that we probably should be weaning ourselves away from these type of countries. But I, I have a question about a lot of a lot of leftists have used this statement this week. With the price of gas going up and X, Y, and Z, this is why we need to start having <laughs> energy, putting all of our funds into like electric vehicles and electric cars and and all this stuff so we are not so reliant on these countries that at a you know blink of an eye can decide hey we don't want to you know give you guys natural gas we want to raise our rates or whatever the case may be so Deshaun I want to ask you as being the resident leftist here um (laughs) what do you say about that because this is the problem I have with leftists is because they 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 live in a in a in a, they don't live in the in the real world. Sometimes I feel. I'm sorry. I just feel like that. They say things like that, but then most Americans can't afford these vehicles and these things that they're trying to say, which would be helpful on the environment and also. Um, and I don't think that's a, a a good solution for now. You know what I mean? But tell me, what do you say to leftists that say stuff like that? All right, well, for, first off, I want to go ahead and denounce uh, all internet leftists who don't go outside and touch grass. <laughs> Because, like, legitimately, like, that's, like, a real thing. Like, I, I mean, people, folks who have listened to this, who know, who have heard me enough times, I'm in the party for Socialism and Liberation, PSL. You can Google us. You can Google me. It ain't hard to find us. But, like, we explicitly, like, try not to take in, like, those, like, wary, like, niche internet people who, like, don't go outside and don't talk to real people. Because, like, that you can't, that, that's not, that's internet, like, um, counterculture socialism. Like, I'm a socialist because I want to be edgy. That's not real. That's not the real world. Yeah. Like, if you factory worker who's a Republican. I, you know how many Trump supporters I've talked to and actually had like great conversations because like they they start out being like, you're a what? And they realize we agree on a lot of things. We have different solutions. We agree on a lot of things. We agree yeah. on a lot of things. So like those, the, for number one, I want to denounce all internet socialists who don't go outside and talk to real people or touch grass. Like go outside, get off your phone, stop tweeting, stop trying to be the most correct and go outside, please. Yeah, thank you. But, but um. I mean, I think clean energy is like a good long-term solution. Like we need to discuss that more because of climate change issues, because um, energy issues aren't um, like natural gas is not a, it's not a sustainable um, resource. It's, it's literally like we're burning fossil fuels. We, we, they're not, it's not an infinite resource. Um, but even like in the short term, like America could invest in ways to require less gasoline. Now this stat is hundred percent out of date. I heard, I, I read this like maybe four or five years ago. So at that point, America produced like 20, it was like 20 to 25. I'm going to say ranges because I can't remember the exact number. But it was like we produced like 20 to 25% of the world's gas, but we used like 26 to 30% of the world's gas. Mm. So we, we, we felt sufficient, but we just used so much gasoline. And it made me, that what you said just now made me think of, um, Elon Musk said this the other day, like he was like, you know, he's big on these electric cars and he made those like little tunnels, but his, his whole thing is like, we got to defeat traffic. Like traffic is the big issue. And it's like, We've defeated traffic. You know what defeats traffic? Adequate public transportation. Yeah. Good city buses and having adequate train systems. You know who has like crazy traffic? New York City. But you know who isn't staying in that traffic for most of the day? 
the average working class in New York because they take the train or the bus. Right. Yeah. You know, you know who's you know who's sitting in traffic all day? People in LA because they don't have a train system or buses. Mm-hmm. They have like that all that smog and stuff because they have millions of cars on the road every day stuck in. They said like I'm, I've never driven through LA, but folks have said like it takes could, could be hours to go twenty. Well, for us in the South, as Southerners, we think of miles as minutes. I got to go 20 miles up the road. That's 20, 25 minutes. For them, that's hours yeah. because there's a population density issue. But they don't have adequate public transportation. Like, I, this map goes viral every couple of years, like, every two, every couple months now, where it's like that, like, projected Amtrak uh, map where it shows all the different cities that, like, Amtrak could be going to if they were invested in. The country could invest in public transportation. We could have – every time I drive, like, I drive home to Orlando to visit my mom – I've started flying because now we have direct flights. I would love to take a train. I would love a train that went from where I live to, to Orlando. That'd be great. I'd love to be able to come to Dallas for a DreamCon. Like we were talking about earlier with my shirt. Like, yeah. we'll see and instead of a 10-hour car ride, be a 13-hour train, 15-hour train. Yeah. But we don't have infrastructure built for that. And other countries, like in Europe, my buddy lives in England. He said, he's like, yeah, I go to France on a train, bro. <laughs> he's like, I don't drive to France. I don't take a boat to France. I hop on a train and I can get to France in a few hours. I can go to Spain in a few hours because Europe has a really intricate train system. Japan for the fastest trains in the world. Like you know, we, you know, you know what would help all of that? Infrastructure. The infrastructure bill. Because like, but it's but even when they pass the infrastructure bill, they're not gonna invest in public transportation. They're no. gonna invest in better roads and better highways for these cars. Because Americans have this real thing with like independence and being able to drive yourself and all that. It's just it's a it's like the, it's the hyper individualism. We reject everything that has to do with like coming together for a common solution. Yeah. So like, my short term solution is not green energy is necessary. We need to get there because we're destroying the earth. Like that's not that's the whole other problem. But in the, the short movie, term, don't look up. But go ahead. Yeah. And in the short term, like an investment in public transportation would solve a lot of these problems. I wish I could hop on a train or a bus to go to work instead of having to drive to work every day. Oh man, I spent so much money I, this whole week since gas hit four dollars. I've been looking at my car like. Look, we're going to work at home. And I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm about to start walking to this point, like, because it's just, it's crazy. The price is crazy. But if I had a bus or train to take that cost me five, ten dollars a week rather than twenty dollars, thirty dollars in gas, a lot of people would have a lot of problems resolved. But we don't, we don't invest in that because oil companies say, "Hey, if I could find a train, if I could get on a train to get to Pensacola, I would do it, man." And there's a train to get me to like. I don't know, you know, I just in some of these things, I wish there was public transportation for them, the stuff that would have been like so easy to jump on, hop on and do. But like you said, like we do have this like, you know, hyper individualism and we don't care about our fellow man or fellow or, or doing anything to come together. Um, and what I was and what I was thinking, too, and let me ask you, I want to ask I want to ask you this, Xavier, right? I'm going to ask you this, right? When we're thinking about. um this war, right? And we're thinking about all the people that are going to be impacted by this. Everybody from the, when it comes to the economy, we're thinking about all of these different individuals, right? As, a, as, as people that are, are supposed to be Christians, why do I see so many people like wanting, like Christian people, Christian people here in America, they want us to they're like, hey, we need to be helping the Ukrainians. We need to, we need to, you know, send like thirty thousand, you know, American troops down to, you know, the Ukraine. And I understand that, you know, the, the the mentality, but it's like, I, I just maybe it's because I hate war so much. It's like we're literally sending people to their death. You know what I mean? Like we're we're literally like we want 
and I don't say we want people to die, but it's like, man, we're like, there's this, this hyper, like, like I've seen some people say like, man, Joe Biden is weak because if he was a real president, he'd be sending troops down there. Right. So why is it that there's so many Christians that like, I guess, love war or just feels like you're a strong president if we always go to war? I just don't understand that thinking. Well, well, you got we got to remember that like Christians have. Well, I, I, I'm glad you actually said Christians in America because Western Christianity is different than most of the places in the, in the world. But we can save that conversation for another day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but American Christians have always kind of married this idea that patriotism and Christianity are synonymous, mm. and a part of page a part of American patriotism. You know what I'm saying? When you think about like the pop the, the the populace right when you think about like the majority culture you know what i'm saying have always glamorized this idea of war because you know what i'm saying because it's what america has always done right and like and we even kind of it's funny that you kind of even mentioned the distinction about like how you don't like war how you hate war when a lot of a lot of i would even you know i can't even say conservative americans because liberal americans do it too you know what i'm saying but there's just idea like I remember seeing a shirt and I've still seen it's like, you know, United United States of America, back to back World War champs. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you why? You know, what I'm saying why is that yeah. something that you're that you're celebrating? You know, what I'm saying like um, uh, American patriotism has been tied uh, to Western Christianity. And I think that's a lot of why you see that happening, mm. uh, happening a lot. Well, and not to mention America's savior complex. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We we in a session and a half, right? Since our since our hiatus, and we've already discussed American infrastructure and how the infrastructure needs a lot of work. I'm talking about trillions of dollars mm-hmm. needed in order to fix it properly, and the bill doesn't even cover only covers like half of what's needed. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and all this other stuff, but yet we still have this idea that Amer- we have the savior complex. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we're the we're the world's biggest powerhouse, and so America, Big Brother is going to step in. Mm. And I'm saying and help all these all these countries that are just like, you know, struggling and and need a savior, you know, what I'm saying and it's like we, we haven't learned yet that America sometimes needs to just mind this business, you know, mm. what I'm saying, and I, I, I mean, they're not gonna, the people listening are not gonna be able to see this meme that I sent you guys, you know, what I'm saying but it's just like this, the grim reaper walking yeah. around with the Ameri- with this patriotic colors on. And it's like, and Deshaun touched on that a little bit about how America has kind of been like one of those kind of like, I think about it like Randall from Recess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like the little yeah. snake in the background, just kind of like, I'm going to tell real quick, mm-hmm. then I'm behind the back so I can watch the chaos <laughs> unfold. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like a lot is like that. Like America has been like low key throwing lobs. It's like, it's like when you're having a roast battle and it's like me and you roasting and Deshaun in the back, like, and we like, oh, Deshaun trying to hide, you know what I'm saying? Kind of thing. And it's like, America does that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we underlie and supply countries, you know mm. what I'm saying? And these things that end up going and causing more damage than good a lot of times. And, but, and, but um, the average American doesn't know this. You know what I'm saying? We go back and we, we go back generations and it's like, well, my great grandfather fought in this war and, Blasey, blasey, blah, and okay, you know what I'm saying? But it's like this glamorizing anybody actually who's in the military who's been to war and is, would tell you that there's nothing glorious about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure why y'all are so pro-war because it sucks. I have nightmares every single night because, you know what I'm saying, I can't mm-hmm. go to 4th of July celebrations because fireworks take me back to war. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, 
that's that's common though for people who've never been there yeah. you know what i'm saying all we know is like the american propaganda that we've been given and we've been brought up in schools and we think like oh well, this is how it's gonna go and then when christianity which is funny because america was built on imperialism right when we talk when we about think it. about right when we think about christianity and its long-standing ties with war and destroying you know what i'm saying entire populations of people yep. you know what i'm saying and their infrastructures you know what i'm saying it makes sense mm. you know what i'm saying because it's what we've always done but that's not a conversation that they want to have so wow bro that's a great answer that is an absolute great answer man uh deshaun you got do you want bro that was good what you think about christians in this love of like war man i mean i, I exit <laughs> exit every point that we made honestly but yeah, it's just, I mean, it dates back to, like, uh, the most important thing, I think, like, X had, a, like, 73 important things. But one of the most important things that he's, he highlighted that he said is American Christianity. Because mm-hmm. we had a conversation before, me and X, we've all three had it before. Like, American Christianity is not the same as, like, global Christianity. and ain't the same as biblical Christianity, necessarily. Like, there is a, like, Christian American Christianity is a cultural thing for a lot of people. And, look, and this is from someone who's not of the faith, but having been of the faith and read the book, some of y'all, if, if Christianity proves to be true, some of y'all finna get there and he finna say he don't know y'all. Because mm. y'all are culturally, you are Christian in the way in culture. Like, you know what I mean? You bought into this culture, you like whole identity, but you don't actually believe in like the things that were that, that, the, that the Bible says. Like, you don't buy in all the way. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of people who like think supporting America means supporting Christianity. Like, it's in the same way that people are like, America supports Israel, so we have to support America. Like, there's just all these like little things that they like tie back to the Bible. Like, the Bible says we have to support our country and blah blah. blah. And some of that isn't true. A lot of them are just, a lot of them without Christianity would just be like white conservatives. Some of them mm-hmm. would be like neo Nazis without Christianity. Like, shoot, a lot of neo Nazis and fascists are Christians. Like, yeah, they they're just more extreme. They tie all those things together. And um, I think Xavier brought up a good point that like people who have been to war do not glorify war. I we have we I think all three of us have a mutual friend. I don't want to say his name and like, expose him, but like he's he joined the military after we were all in college together. He's been talking about the last few days. Like if you over here talking about some like yeah go to war, go, oh, we want boots on the ground in Russia. He's like enlisting because I've been over there. He's like hey, pretty bro. Like he's like I don't. And he and he he made a great post that I loved about like human life because. Um, and it's, yeah, he has opposite politics of me. Like, he's a libertarian, I'm a socialist. We have great conversations because we have like, a mutual understanding about, like, human life. We just have different solutions again. Yeah. But he actually posted a clip that was from a PSL member that he didn't know was in my party. This guy's uh, um, Mike, I think it's Mike Reiser. I have to Google him and show us right now. But it's um, the guy who, like, he went viral a few months ago where he was yelling at Bush, like, you lied. My friends died. That's Mike Reiser, Mike Reiser. That guy's in PSL. And people don't know. Oh, snap. But he is an anti-war activist. And he said, my friends died because you lied. A million Iraqis died because you lied about why we were going to war. And, like, he posted that clip. And I was like, yo, you know, it's crazy. He's in my party. But, like, wow. and again, we, have, we both respect this clip because you've been over there and you understand the value of human life. And he, his thing was like, look, as a Christian, American life is not more valuable than Russian life than Ukrainian life. Yep. Life is life. Exactly. And if we're going to life and we believe in like the sanctity of life and these are people who need to hear the gospel and you know and need to know about jesus i can't advocate for nuking their country that's insane yeah that doesn't align with the bible at all and i thought i was like look i'm just letting you preach because you're you're as a non-christian i'm seeing you say things that i wish more christians said and so just like I said, those posts and things that gabriel said like if you have been to war if you know people who have been to war if you've heard those horror stories 
you don't you're not going to advocate for nuking countries or you're not going to advocate for like we got to run in there and blow things up and because those are real people some of those people share the same faith as you you know there's a lot of like christians in ukraine and russia like yep. they're east christians or a different like sect of christianity but they still believe in the same god you yeah. believe in. and you're advocating for their death because they're they don't they weren't they didn't happen to be born in the same landmass that you were born in that's crazy like i was born in new york it ain't but a couple I, I'm, I was born closer to canada than i was born in florida like mm. there's a couple hundred miles between me and canada and if i was born there people would be like well you're not one of us you're not american it's just a landmass bro with some arbitrary lines we all drew those are that's, Bro, I, was, I was I was born close to Cuba in a one way, you know what I mean? It's right. It's it's just it gets to a point to where it's like we got to start caring about human beings. And I don't want to get and I know some I, listen, bro. As a Christian, I care about human beings more than anything else. And um and and I think sometimes when it comes to Christianity, it feels like they only care about Americans. Or they only care about like the people, just not even just Americans, some of them only care about the people on the, uh, in their faith or in their situation. It's like, man, I care about everybody, man. I care about the, I care about Cubans and I want, I want Cubans to be okay. So I don't, I think the sanctions that we've imposed against Cuba should end. You know, I think that um, a lot of things going on in this world that I care about people and I don't just think about just one. And I, and I understand that America has to think about its best interests. I understand that, but sometimes um, its best interest is actually to help other, it's, it's actually to not imply all these um, sanctions that we've been doing on people. It's actually not to bomb countries for no reason. It's actually to get our troops out of these out of these places around the world. It actually might be our best interest, but you know, that's why we have such a huge military budget and why we do what we do because people think, oh, and also too, and I'm just going to say this and I'm going to move on real quickly here and we'll move on to something a little bit better but it's interesting to me that we have the largest military budget in the world and yet we have now approved for this bloated military budget to be bigger because of this ukraine and and i'm like we don't got enough we don't spend enough money but now we're trying to boost up the budget some more because of this like what what's the money what's the money being used for I think we're looking honestly, and I and I don't know if we y'all might not agree with this, but this is a lot of what I feel. I think we're dealing with peer pressure on a macro level mm. when we talk about America. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, not that it's an excuse, I don't not not by any means because I don't largely support really support war either. But it's one of those things where, um, where we've maintained this image for so long. Now we gotta now we gotta hold up to it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like if they, they America could really be like, oh, this is dumb, like we're not gonna do this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but because they've had this this macho, you know, you know this machismo kind of like mentality behind how they do this, like we gotta be the biggest, we gotta be the manly man, we gotta be, you know, we gotta, we've been holding up this persona for hundreds of years, like we might as well keep it going. Mm. Even though it's destroying us, even though it's causing us to uh, to cripple ourselves in other areas of the country, even though it's damaging our infrastructure, even though we're pulling money from areas that could really benefit our country, we're gonna do this because the world has seen us do this, and we're gonna look stupid if we step back now. And that's a really dumb reason uh, to engage the way that we do. But such is mankind. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Snappy, was, that was good. That's that's probably what's happening. That's probably exactly what's going on. No, what you want to say? We're an empire, like. We, we will not, in our history books, we're not going to write the American empire. 
But in a hundred years, a thousand years, however long humanity exists, like in other textbooks that Americans don't write, they're gonna write the American Empire the way we write the Egyptian Empire, the Roman Empire. Mm. We're we're gonna write the American. It's gonna be the American Empire. That's gonna be the words that are used. We're an empire at this point. And what happens is if you cut the military budget of an empire, we have every everybody hates us. Even the countries who are our allies don't like us. Indians don't like us. They just they just work with us. Europeans don't like us. They just work with us. And then the people who hate us hate us. You know, like if they, we cut the military budget, how many people are gonna be like, oh, it's it's go time. We're running up because how many years have you starved my people? How many? I mean, you said like the creating village, creating villains. Yeah, bro, we're the fire nation out here. You know how many how many villains we have from our perspective. We got we got a world who want to see our empire fall. So it's like they got that budget to keep. At this point, it's a safety issue. At this point, it's like we we cut that budget, bro. America's out of here. This empire, the empire falls all the way. Like. The Roman Empire didn't fall, and then, like, Rome was still kind of strong. No, the Roman Empire fell, and then, like, Italy's just a country now. <laughs> and it's a country that, Like, it's not a... It exists, but it don't exist like it did. The Egyptian yeah. Empire fell, and when's the last time in the history book you learned about Egypt, besides in B.C. times? We don't talk about yeah. Egypt no more. That's America. We might, America may exist, but it ain't gonna be this giant landmass with bases all over the world. Mm-hmm. It might be the northeast from new york to massachusetts and a little chunk of, of the midwest like it ain't gonna be all this yeah mexico, and i think that budget mexico coming up gonna take texas and california back like they up, yo and if we think people not eyeing parts of the country already you know what i'm mm. saying they bugging you know what i'm saying and I, I don't know how y'all feel about this but i really feel like a concept that we talked about a long time ago is a is uh the concept of mutually assured destruction right mm. and i believe that's a big thing but just like to the point of what deshaun said like oh it's not gonna be mutually assured no more like we could Look. we could we could smack them with minimal casualties yo what's up <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying like once that it's it's the threat of uh, of them not knowing what america will actually be able to do that's causing them to not buck up you know what i'm saying mm. but again like if they get if they just like oh the infrastructure is falling like they can't afford war anymore they broke Oh, we took these these resources away because they don't have it. Oh, they can't be- yeah. hey, y'all down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's gonna be like that gif of like the Sesame Street characters jumping that man on the side of the road. Like it's gonna be on. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be. I think a lot of what Deshaun said is like we're gonna find out that you know the, some enemies and even some people that were some allies are gonna jump on board and everybody gonna get a lick. You know what I'm saying? Hood style. Mm-hmm. So. But then here's but here's the problem, though. I think that you can do it, but you just have to do it in slow increments, because this is the same argument why some people say we shouldn't uh, defund the police, because they say if we start doing that, there's going to be chaos in the streets. And it's like, nah, if you do it like slowly, have it by a plan and then slowly allocate those funds into you know social programs and x y and z will be all right i think we start pulling troops out of these areas in the country first and then start doing some things what we're doing like uh in-house i think it'll be a lot better and easier but before we get going too much on the military because we're gonna we, we could talk about military budget episode i wanted to ask you guys this relationship question that i saw circling around on the twitter streets okay and <laughs> I saw this thing here, and I'm sorry, I'm going to read this. It's someone, it, it was, it's off Reddit, so we don't even know if this story is true, but it, it does read as true, right? But essentially, this guy, he's um, he is married, 
and uh, he's, you know, he's married to his wife or whatever. They've been together for six years and they're actually just spiritually married. They're not actually legally married, but you know, it is what it is. Ain't, ain't no judging here for any of that. But according to Twitter, this is what he said. He said, they're both high earners. They birth, they're high earners. I'm sorry. They both earn over 175K a year after taxes. So they good. They good, right? Um, they purchased their home together. They've agreed to split their finances 50-50. They pay for their wedding, their honeymoon, everything 50-50. Um, and, you know, he said, although I did pay for the cost of the rings and, and her engagement ring, they said the mortgage payments were even 50-50. And they comfortably, they own their home now. So much of their income now goes to savings, investments, home improvements, and discretionary spending. Because of their incomes, they felt it was best to keep their finances separate. They're both independent people, and this is what he did, and they're very they're uh, career driven. And this is what he says in here. He says it's part of the reason I'm so attracted to her. She's amazing at what she does, and I'm so proud to be able to introduce her as my wife and explain what she does. So he is one of the reasons why he's attracted to her. She's very independent and she's career driven, right? Um, and when they first got married, they were you know. COVID shut them down. Da, da, da. They weren't able to travel like they want to. But now, last couple months, they've talked and decided it'd be best to start having kids. So now they already have kids. These two people, high earners making 175K a year after taxes, have both decided, hey, it might be time to start having kids. So they stopped using birth control and let things happen as they will. Da, 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 right? So the other day, he comes home, his wife's on the phone. She's on the phone, da, 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 talking to her, her sister. He said, it's a little weird. They don't talk to his sister a lot. But after she gets done talking with her sister and everything, she goes, hey, I want to talk about finances. And she begins to bring up the fact that if she, if they do um, start having kids, um, that she's going to be having a maternity leave and her work, where she works at, gives them maternity leave and they will pay 50% of the salary um, for six months, but they'll allow you to have maternity leave for a year, but they're only going to pay for that salary, 50% of the salary for six months. The rest of that six months will be unpaid, right? Um, and then during that time, the insurance will pay for the hospital-related costs during the pregnancy and childbirth. And then um, for that six-month break, it's going to cost almost $50,000 um, for those six months since her pay will be cut in half. And what the wife decides to do, hey, I want you to compensate me for that $50,000 that I'm going to be missing due to the fact of this unexpected cost of my pregnancy and childbirth. And the stance is she's doing something for them to start a family. And, um, and it, she says it's not really a true 50-50 split if she's expected to take a financial hit for it and not, you know, and, and uh, giving that their finances are separate. So she, had, she printed a list of expectations in terms of what she expected financially. She listed some things that the insurance would not cover. So she's, she, she has all these expectations, got all printed this whole list out, explained to him, hey, this is what I would like to be done. Um, and she began to double down on it. She said, hey, for six months, um, you know, I, I, I believe that after six months, I want to go back to work, but I might not. I might take a whole year off. And if I do, I want to be compensated for it. So for the first six months, her work will give her that 50%. You know, she wants her husband to compensate her for the rest. But for the next six months, since her work's not going to compensate her, she wants him to pay for 50% of her salary. Instead of the 100%, she said, hey, I'll take that loss. You don't have to pay the whole my whole salary. But if you can pay 50% of that, that'll be good. And so essentially, if 
you know, um, they decide to have children and everything, or, you know, their first child, she's wanting him to be paid for about 50 to 100,000 to compensate for the loss of salary for six to 12 months, as a result of her having her, you know, having their child. And so, um, and, you know, she, she, listen, she, it goes on to say that she has a 16 page ring binder with detailed notes, explaining all this, the list of expenses, thing that she's going to need, but he's saying this is rubbing him the wrong way, that he, she would come to him with this and, and basically paying her to have his child. So as, you know, Xavier is being someone who's married, you know, you married, you had your first child, yada, yada. You're listening to this story of, you know, this man talking about, you know, him and his wife and they want to have a child and everything and how upset he is over the fact that, you know, she's coming to him like this and saying, hey, I think I should be compensated. We've been doing this 50-50 split thing, all of our relationship. And if I'm going to have a child, I think we should still do it. And you should do, you know, pay me essentially to have, the, you know, have my child. How do you feel about this situation in general? Does it rub you the wrong way from either side of the equation? What do you think? What do you, how do you feel about it? So I really analyzed it because I was, uh, of course, like I had a fir my first initial response was like, this is really wild. Like, what the heck is going on? But then you get then you begin to think about this. Right. And I know like um, not everybody in our group right here is a Christian. You know what I'm saying? But like, not even this, I mean, 50 percent of Christian marriages fail too. So that's besides the point. I'm saying looking at it from my Christian values, you know what I'm saying? Me being married to Kalea, like I don't I don't we didn't do no prenup. We didn't do none of those things. I don't plan on being divorced. You know what I'm saying? I just don't plan on being divorced. And if we are going to be divorced, I'm happy to take care of my daughter. You know what I'm saying? But it's one of those things where as a Christian married man, a Christian married man pastor, you know what I'm saying? Like I could definitely like my worldview is different. So I don't I, I don't think I'd ever see myself in that situation. That being said, when you look at somebody who does not share those values, they do not share that moral position, you know what I'm saying? On top of that, they're not married. They, they're, you know, they basically they're spiritually have spiritually married. They're spiritually married. They're right? spiritually married, whatever that means, right? Right. <laughs> he, didn't, he, didn't really, he didn't even really clear that up or what that even meant, right? And then, you know, they basically have a union. Like they're, they're, they're like legally married just because they live together so long. Mm -hmm. Like that is not legally binding. You know what I'm saying? Like I could understand of two career-driven people, you know what I'm saying, who are who are entertaining this for the first time, like why she would have these kind of stipulations. Cause literally, even like having somebody's child is not a transaction, it's a lot. Like it's her body. You know what I'm saying? She's gonna have she had to recover, she's gonna lose income, she's gonna lose sleep, she gotta be up every two hours to give that baby that boob. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. there's a lot that's gonna have to go on. Like she's gonna take a big hit on it. So like on the surface, it sounds really, really wild. Like this is not a transaction because it's my, that's our kid. But like you're not gonna lose, and even Kalea, I lost way less than Kalea lost in this. You know what I'm saying? Kalea is still just now getting back into working. You know what I'm saying? She's yeah. she's she's the one that's normally gonna have to take the hit from a social standpoint. Like if she wants to do stuff, she's gotta take Rowan with her because I'm at work. You know what I'm saying? And like, mm -hmm. but I have the liberty to go to work. I have the liberty to do these things. Like she's more inclined to have to take Rowan with her somewhere than I'm going to have to. Like, I recognize that, like, she has to do a lot more work from the from the parenting standpoint than I do as a dad, even though I do help. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where, like, she's, like, I, she's, I would say she's valid. You know what I'm saying? I would say she's valid just because, like, 
of the kind of high profile career people that they are. They they bring in a six figure salary as a couple, and she's getting ready to lose a lot of that money. Like they and they're not sharing an account. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're not sharing their bills. Like she's gonna be out. You know what I'm saying? A hundred k, and he's gonna be like, "Well, I'm still making our money. I'm good." You gonna have to figure it out, or let me give you money, or you can borrow money from me. And he'd probably do that, right? He'd probably be like, "Yeah, you can borrow this, but here's a contract. You gonna have to pay it back with five percent interest." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever kind of freaking Mister and Mrs. Jones relationship they have, they're talking about right here. But the, I, I could see why she would want to do something that that, and it sounds like maybe a little bit ex- extreme. You know what I'm saying? But I can understand her line of thought on why that would happen, and I don't 100. percent you know what I'm saying? Disagree with it. Now, I did read the portion in there where he was talking about like how she had told him just, I guess, just recent or just recently that a year to their relationship, like um, she got an abortion, and he was like, "I support her because like that was we weren't ready and it probably wasn't a good idea, but like I'm nervous that she's gonna abort our child if I don't do these different things." So there can be some manipulation in there mm-hmm. uh, with some of those different things because again, like even though I it is it is her body like they're making a decision as a couple to have a kid, right. you know what I'm saying? And, um, and you know, those things should be discussed if you're in that that level of, of a relationship, but it's a lot. I'm really intrigued to hear what, uh, what Deshaun yeah, has to Deshaun, say. What you, what, you, what you say to this? Honestly, like I, I got so many thoughts that are like, all, I'm, the first thing I thought, cause this happens to me every once in a while, like somebody will like say a thing about their relationship or like this is super detailed, but someone will explain something about their relationship, and I'm like, "Dang, y'all really should go to therapy, bro." Like, <laughs> and and X can attest to this. Like, there's just like a way that like therapy has kind of rewired my brain. Like for my that's my personal therapy, not even couples therapy. Yeah, that just rewired my brain to think about certain things. That like I'm like I don't think I'd ever find myself in this situation. Like I just can't imagine a scenario because like. This is like relationships as a transaction in the most like pure sense of the term. And I personally, my personal sense of values, even though I'm not religious, is that relationships are not transactional. I I got I could write a whole thesis on how I think capitalism has influenced relationships, like how capitalism has influenced Americans' view on relationships and why it's so transactional. You see it every day on Twitter and stuff. Like people mm-hmm. people be trying not to lose. You know what I mean? Like, well, if he gonna do this, then I'm gonna do it. It's 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 a it's a game. You know what I mean? It's a game of not losing and winning. Mm-hmm. And it's like relationships aren't transactional. It's like I'm trying to like be with you because you make me happy. Sorry, my glasses are fogging up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to be with you because you make me happy and I mean, I try to make you happy and we try to do the best we can with that day to day and there's expectations and boundaries and yada 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 like so it's just like I, I hear that and I'm like y'all are like y'all y'all sound like two corporate people in a Tyler Perry movie but Tyler Perry Tyler Perry's not a good enough writer to write something as details <laughs> so like but it but it um that's what it reminds me of is like you know some super corp two corporate individuals in a movie who are just like our relationship is cool, but also it's a tra- it's about transactions and, equ- and equality in like a non traditional sense. Like, because I don't know, like relationships are about are about give and take, and like, like I mean, I think me and Axel talked about this. Some days, like some days, the best you can give is twenty percent, and the best they can give is a hundred percent, and like they gotta hold you down on the days you can't give a hundred percent, but then you gotta hold them down on the days they can't give a hundred. Like you know, it, it it varies life, you know, day to day, like like moment to moment. Life's a long time. So, like, I just, I can't imagine being in this scenario. I do, like, love a lot of some X said, though, like, about, like, women give up a lot in child in, in child rearing. There's actually a whole, like, it's a phrase, like, it's in sociology called, like, a second shift, where women clock out of work, especially in the modern era. Like, back in the day, it wasn't like this because men worked all day, women child reared all day. 
it was, it was a little more like you know split. But now women women are expected, like I don't. know, My mama went to work all day and then came home and cooked dinner and helped us with the homework. Mm. My mom you yep. caught that at the first shift into her second shift. She got off work to go work some more. She got off work to make sure I ate dinner, to make sure I had my lunch pack for tomorrow, to make sure my homework was done, to make sure my clothes were washed, to make sure the house the kitchen was clean. And men don't, especially like men are doing better about this, but we're not there yet. You know what I mean? In terms of equality, but like men were not like, I'm, and again, I ain't trying to slander my father, but he was not picking up the slack to make, to make my mom's life easier. She was working a second shift. Mm. It's a whole, she, she was, but her job, her second job was domestic with no income. So mm. the least you could have done was was get was, was pay her. The least you yeah. could have done was probably yeah. bread, all the extra work she's doing. Because if you if you if you leave your first job, I got a second job and a third job. I'm paid when I go to my second and third job. I don't clock out of work to go cook and clean for free. Mm-hmm. But women take on that burden a lot. Like Xavier said, like Kalea's got more sacrifices just in terms of child rearing and taking off work for childbirth and recovery and having to wake up every couple. Xavier can't feed that baby into at three in the morning. If they have like some milk set aside, and I mean, Charlotte, you got a baby too. Like, if, if you, like, you unless you got milk set aside, you can go give her the bottle, but you can't yeah. provide her. You can't nurse her. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? mm-hmm. So it's just there's different levels of sacrifices. It's weird to see it laid out in such a like explicit transactional way. That makes me feel like that couple's weird. <laughs> but you know, in vague principle, she's not wrong. She's she's asking for financial compensation for the things that like she's going to be losing both financially and personally in trying to rear their child. Again, their relationship sounds toxic and they should probably go to therapy. <laughs> but I do well, think there's principles in there about like balancing relationships and child rearing. And there's, there's principles in there that you can pull out that are like wor- commentary worth having, especially for your own relationships. But like those two people should probably like have a third party involved. <laughs> no, because if you, if you look in there too, she was saying that she wants to go to a lawyer and I skipped some stuff here. She wanted to go to a lawyer to talk about this, to split some things and make sure that she has all this in writing that he's going to do X, Y, and Z when she's there. Now I'm going to be honest with you. you just, y'all might, y'all too might, I, I kind of agree with, I, I think, I think that she's right. And I think the issue though, and the reason why I say I'm, I'm, I'm like almost all, I'm like pretty much all on the, on the wife quote unquote side on this is also because like, Okay, the reason why I'm on her side is because one, she's she seems like someone who's very uh I forget the word for it, but very detail oriented. Like her life has to have like uh she needs to kind of have her life kind of figured out, planned out, you know, this type of person. Uh, yeah meticulous type of like literally things and I think he knows that like he knew that ahead of time like he knows her personality and that this is how she is so like because of that and also too I don't like the fact that he was saying one of the things that I'm attracted to, to her is by she's so independent and blah, blah, blah. but now and also too what I don't like is that so many times men say women are so emotional I wish it would be more logical well here she is being logical giving you <laughs> details of explaining explanation it's not like she's emotionally coming to you about these things it's like she's logically putting it in a binder of all of what she sees and she knows hey i'm not going to be able to afford these expenses that i've had and i want you to come over and and help and, and uh help me with these expenses and the reason why i'm on her side is like look when my wife um was on maternity leave her job wasn't paying her so she they didn't they don't have paid maternity leave so when she was on maternity leave I had to um had to to take care of things. And guess what? There was no complaining from me. There was no um being upset about the situation. There wasn't no because as a when you are having a child with someone you're supposed to love, 
And I know that, I know that, listen, love ain't everything. And I know love is not, um, not everyone is having babies out of love. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But in this situation, when you have someone that you're calling your wife, that you're supposed to be, that you're supposed to love, who you've also are quote unquote planning to have a child with, you should not be complaining about, it's just like, no, it, you should be willing to step up to the plate and say, I'm going to take care of that for you. Because the last thing that if you're going to be having my child, the last thing you need to be worrying about is expenses. The last thing you need to be worried about is X, Y, and Z. And so the reason why it's like, for me, it's like, if someone's going to be like, my wife is having my child, like she's not going to have to worry about any of these things, any problem, any bills, any situations, because as a man, you're like, we've talked about this. We've thought about this. And maybe you don't like how she's coming at you. By the end of the day, she's she's detailing and say these are here's all my expenses here's all the things that i i'm gonna have to deal with and if you're a high earner as you're saying you are take care of it your house is already taken care of you said your my biggest expense expense is my mortgage that's my biggest expense if that's taken care of i can handle maybe whatever she has going on as well so that's kind of like with me i'm kind of like i don't say upset but i'm like as a man you're supposed to have come up, come, you know, a different way when this situation with it. But that's just for me. Am I, am I wild in saying that Xavier? Am I wild to put him at a higher standard than what he's probably coming at? I think, I think what you're talking about first off, because I did the same thing, you know what I'm saying? We already, you know, Calais wasn't gonna, wasn't able to work and she was not being financially compensated for paternity leave. She didn't lose her job, yeah. but she was, she was on paternity leave. But the whole time, you're right. The same thing happened where it's just kind of like, boom, I'm going to step it up. I'm going to take care of things. I'm, I'm going to make sure that we're eating. I'm going to do what I got to do so that we're fine, so that you're fine, so that we're comfortable. You know what I'm saying? And that's and those are the marks of a healthy relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's asking him to do things like he should have already, you know what I'm saying? That should have been a part of their conversation. That should That's a part of everybody's conversation. It's the mm-hmm. financial part of it, right? What are we going to do when we lose my income for the next six months? You know what I'm saying? His natural response was, hey, don't worry about it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Hey, let's start or let's start a, a plan right now where we'll start putting X amount of dollars into a joint account so we can prepare for that time. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to worry about me. You don't have to worry about what kind of income. Take as much time as you need off. We make a good enough enough money where we're comfortable. We'll take care of things. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's how that response, like Deshaun was saying, like it doesn't have to be relationships are not transactional. So that points to the, the and 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 it's difficult because it's only one side of the story. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Because he's over here like, I don't understand why this is happening or why she wants to do this. But she may see toxic qualities in him. That's like, look, look. you're self-centered. You are you don't you don't look out. You know what I'm saying? You only think about yourself. You only focus on what you have going on. You're the kind of person that would leave me hanging in this situation and knowing that I'm giving up a high, a high portion of my income and then gaslight me for feeling upset or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? She yeah. could have, you know what I'm saying? Which it may be a reason why they cohabitate for six years and they, and they married, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like there's obvious red flags like that's going on in it. And if they're going to be in a place where this is a transactional, you know what I'm saying? Like imagine that baby growing up in a hearing that we had to put, we had to sign a contract in order for me to be born. Yeah, You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's traumatic in and of itself. They probably shouldn't be having no kids. You know what I'm saying? And that sounds really wild to say, yeah, but it's like yeah. they're obviously not in an emotionally prepared state to have that. And this obviously is going to bring forth conflict. You know what I'm yeah. saying? 
for them. Like, this is not going to go well no matter which way it goes. And especially now that he's speculating that she's pregnant already, he's searching trash cans. He thinks she might be pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, Obi didn't read that part. In the, in no, the, I didn't read the, that part. Yeah, yeah. But he's searching trash cans and he thinks that she might be pregnant already and that she's, she's going to abort the baby if he, don't, if he don't agree to her terms. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not in a good place. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Not emotionally, anyway. They might be financially secure, but emotionally, they're not. You know what I'm saying? Relationally, they're not. And I would, if I was their couple's therapist, I would be like, nah, bro, y'all need to work some things out before y'all start really exploring having a kid. And I don't know. Yeah. There, but I, I can trust. understand. I just think it's there's blown, some trust that's lost there, of, too. Yeah. I just think it's blown way out of proportion. Like, mm-hmm. this is like a normal concept that every couple should have, a conversation that every couple should have. But for them to take it to this extreme is huge red flags. I yeah. would go back to the drawing board. Mm. So, what you say, Deshaun? Okay, that's how I feel. It's like, again, I, as as a non-married, non-father of the three of us, like you know, I'm in a relationship and I'm in a relationship without like getting into all my personal details that like is only functioning because I went to therapy for about two years and worked on a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that, that's why I said those like it's just something about like the way therapy has rewired my brain for how a lot of things should function has been significant for me. And like, and how I view my relationship, how I view like taking care of my partner, except all that kind of stuff. So to, I mean, to y'all who both were fathers and husbands, like, I don't think y'all's, y'all's wives, like, I mean, obviously I don't think, I know, I know y'all's <laughs> wives I have to come to you with a binder detailing the ways in which you need to take care of them when they have your child, mm-hmm. because y'all have, y'all have shown. And that's why like Xavier made a good, like, I don't agree with Xavier, that you doing something, you need to ask yourself why she feels the need to do this. Yeah. Not why, not why is not why is she doing this? She's tripping. Why does she feel like she has to have you sign some contracts to have to have a child with her? Because like I, I know some great fathers, I know some great husbands. I would I would count y'all on that, you know, or clap it up for y'all. Like I know some great fathers and husbands. I know some terrible fathers and terrible husbands. Yeah. And like if you have you are a, a even a solid father and husband, even if you take care of what you're supposed to take care of as a man, like your girl, your wife, girlfriend, whatever y'all call yourselves, would not need you to sign no paperwork. Yeah. Like you should you should be holding it down enough to where she feels confident that you can maintain this relationship, that you can be an adequate partner, father, husband, spouse, like hold her down. Like it like I'd I'd feel weird if if my girl came to me like, hey, we want to have a baby. We've talked about having a baby, but like I need you to sign on to these things first. I'd be like, Dang, what am I not doing as a partner that you don't trust that I would do these mm. things inherently? Yeah. Because like you like both of y'all said, both of y'all's wives did not get maternity leave. So it was it was understood that you were you guys had conversations. It was understood that you were mm-hmm. gonna hold down, make sure they were taken care of. She didn't have to come to you and be like, Hey, I'm not gonna be working, but like you're gonna be working. Make sure you compensate me. No, like I'm gonna make sure you're you're you like roof over your head, you're you're fed, well taken care of, you got everything you need, gas in your car, like you want to go somewhere, I got the money for it. Like I will be sacrificing some of my income just inherently to take care of you. Cause that's what that's what a relationship is. Like yep. you want to make sure your partner's taken care of and happy. Like that's that's my main concern in my relationship. So like it just I, it that to, for him, he needs to go back to he needs to go back and be like, while I'm asking the internet why she's doing this, I need to be asking me why she's doing this. Yeah. I need to be addressing what am I not doing that's making her feel like she needs it in writing because I have not exhibited these qualities just throughout our relationship. Six years, you don't trust you to take care of her pregnant? Like, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy situation. Because it does show an, a level of, like, 
because one one level of in a, in a relationship and, and maybe it's I, I, sh- I shouldn't just place this for women in general but i think for men too but in this case too she does not feel safe with him mm. you know what i mean and once and you said a good thing it's like she it's something he's doing that's making her feel that way you know what I mean? Like when you get to a point to where your get your partner doesn't feel safe with you, if she doesn't feel like, man, I don't feel like you would take care of me. And that's why I need to have this in writing. Then that shows that there's something you've been doing with your actions that is not allowing her to feel like her child and herself would be okay in that situation. And it's not like, and you got to think about this too. They've been together a long time. Six, Six years. years. So she knows him. Yep. You know what I'm saying? She knows him and she knows him well. So for her to say that means that there's an obvious flaw in his character. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That raises an insecurity that after six years, I can't trust you to take care of me. So I need to have it in writing before I have your babies. Wow. You know what I'm saying? There needs to be some serious conversation that probably should have had been had years ago. And that's but, probably also too why they're not legally married. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's not as committed as he probably thinks he is right? right are you really that committed in this relationship like you say you are you know what i mean because because legally you know um when you're when you're legally married and this is what i found i found this out because i watched some trash tv a lot I, I do watch trash tv i watched this one show uh called paternity court i watch it a lot anyways <laughs> i found this out right yeah, i watched some trash tv um i, I watched it the other day that apparently that the the husband when you're when you're legally married the husband is already legally considered to be the father no matter what right, right. so even if the spouse you know stepped out on x y and z the state just assumes whatever you're legally the father this even if you're biologically not the father you know what i mean so and, and i didn't realize that but in this case though since they're not technically legally married and maybe depending on whether where they are at in the world i don't I, you know in this situation i don't know if they're in america or somewhere else but you know because of the common law situation but still in that legal case like they're not legally married so she probably wants to have some things legally binding with him before since it's not on you know since it's not marriage something got to be on paper legally and i want to get this to my lawyer so that we're taken care of so you're, you guys are both saying things i never thought about like you know what you know that's good that's a good thing what you would say and there's one other thing that we've been skating over is that they backdoor in this child having situation mm. remember what he said in the, in the article is like we originally were going to be able to go on this extravagant trip right but covid shut stuff down so we weren't able we figured hey let's have some kids instead mm, i'm yeah. not sure that's how i want to approach that yeah that's yeah. crazy yeah that's wild that's absolutely wild man what like, yo? That's that's low key like a goopy resolution, bro. Hey, look, we we wasn't able to travel the world, so you know what I'm saying. So let's have a baby, like no, like, <laughs> about a, like, like a baby is an adventure, bro. Like yeah, that's that's a lifetime commit. Like, yeah. and I know people people be like, that's an 18 year commit. No, no that's bro, a that's lifetime, bro. Like, I, I tell my students because I've had a few, you know, teaching the kind of kids I teach. I've had some pregnancy scares. I've had kids have kids. I got a couple mm. students and I have kids. Who've had pregnancy scares and have to have the abortion conversation and should they do it or should they not? I've had kids say yes and they they got like kids got abortions and kids who didn't. And I'm like, look, I, I can't ever tell you what to do on that regard. I've never been in that situation. It's not I'm not a woman. The, there's a myriad of stuff that I cannot address. 
even if you know, even though you trust me and respect me. But what I can tell you is I'm 28 years old. My mama loaned me $20 last week. <laughs> Talk about my, it, man. My mom, my mom, I'm 28 years old. I'm a grown man. I pay my own rent. I pay my car note, my light, my water. I got my own place. This house is mine. And my, my mama still got to hold me down sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's what she told me when I turned 18. Like, she is my mother well past the day I moved out of her house. She is my mom until one of us is not on this earth no more. Yeah. So like, y'all, y'all flippantly making a choice about a lifetime commitment until either you or, God forbid, that child is not on this earth no more. You are a parent. That is a yeah. locked in thing. Like, and I think people don't think about it that way enough. People who either are flippantly having kids, people too young to know it. And in this case, like they just no, nah, let's try it. No, like this is a this is a human life that you have to commit to together for the rest of your natural lives. Like, you mean, y'all better think about that harder. Y'all better have yeah. some more conversations. See, I was watching paternity court the other day, and this. No, but I see this one scenario, right? Where this where, but to be honest, this lady and the judge had to tell her, like, you you need to understand who it, when you because she kept because this is what she kept saying. I don't think the other person is the father. I only slept with him like two times, right? And the, the judge is like, you do understand it only take one time. You know what I'm saying? Like it only take once. And what is going on is she was just, she wanted one person to be the father because she was in love with one. Right. And, but the other person, she was all like, you know, we only slept a couple of times. We only did that a couple, a couple of times here and there. So we're not really, I'm not really the father here, whatever, whatever. And the judge was saying, you can't just sleep around unprotected with somebody constant like you kids can't be opening your legs and you know whatever whatever and not and not and then be surprised about the consequences and i think what's what happens a lot of times is people are just i don't know if it's just selfishness or they just feel as if they can do whatever they want without any kind of consequences and they just be shocked like oh my soul how did i get pregnant or oh my soul how did this bad situation happen it's like we adults here. This is you know what you did, and sometimes you teenager and you know what you did. Yeah, that that's the thing that like I bring up to a, to people and they're kind of shocked sometimes. Like especially not when I was younger, like in my early twenties, and in a relationship where we were having sex, and again, and not both of us were not religious. We not waiting until marriage. We were in a relationship having sex, and once we were in this, we were you know we were being safe using condoms and whatnot because we were not exclusive. When the two of us got together as a couple, like we were going to be exclusive, no other, like, you know, neither of us stepping out. Like, this is all, we are together. We were like, hey, you know, you're on birth control. There's not, there's no other people involved in this. We both been tested. We're safe. We're clean. We don't necessarily have to use condoms. But the first thing we did before we ever did that was have a conversation was if you get pregnant, because birth control ain't 100%, condoms not 100%, all of the above not 100%. If you get pregnant, what, what do you think we should do? Cause do you believe in abortion? Cause I do. Do you, do you, would you want to go? Are you, even if you believe in it, are you comfortable having one? Do you want to have a kid or would you want to have a kid with me? Those are, it's a tough conversation, but folks don't be having that conversation. Folks just be jumping. And I'm like, look, we had that conversation and we, we landed on the same page. Mm. Looked out that we landed on the same. We didn't have no scares. We never had that situation come up, but I know if it came up, we knew I was like, hey, I, I already knew the price of what I knew what it would cost to have an abortion in, in the city we live in. Because mm. I we I looked into it, 
we we agreed to go half on one if we had to. And again, it never came up. But it was a we have to have an adult conversation. We are two grown adults doing an adult thing where that has that could have adult consequences. So we need to be ready for those adult consequences and, and be prepared to know where we both stand. The time to find out what your partner would or wouldn't do when they're pregnant is not is not when they're pregnant. That's not the time to have to find that out. Uh-uh, no, that's great. Like to find out the day they the day that pregnancy test comes back positive, you're like, how do you feel about kids? What I should have been knew that way before. I should have been knew that. But folks just be folks just be flipping with it, which is crazy. They be flipping, and I think and what's crazy is do, especially and this is what it makes me. What make, I be getting, I be, because see, I be watching. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna beat up on the guys for a second. But one thing that gets me because I be watching these paternity court situations a lot, right? Is these dudes be like surprised. That they got a girl pregnant when you know you slept you 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 know you slept with her without a condom or any kind of form of protection you know and you know that but yet you still be acting surprised like wait I'm the daddy yeah or it's, it can't be I can't be the daddy man I only slept with her one time bro it only takes that one time. It only takes that one time, you know. So I see this all the time, and I think God is one thing about guys too is you have to, you you have to be understand that when you're sleeping with someone who, especially unprotected, it's very good possibility that they could get pregnant. And you you gotta understand that, like, don't be shocked, don't be surprised, don't be angry. I be I get I be getting so sick and tired of guys talking about how they hate their baby mamas. They go don't know she she tricked me, she trapped me. No, brother, you you knew the possibility when you did what you did. All right, unless you are Drake or anybody else who <laughs> has situation to where you put hot sauce in your condom in your condom bag. Oh, actually, 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 don't know that story. Never mind. On Twitter, that, that was a, that was a, I don't know if that story was true, but it was a weird day on Twitter. Don't, don't Google that. Don't it's worry, not don't worry. Worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, Google it right now. Now, nah, but one of one of my favorite, like, it, it's a joke on Twitter, but like, like I remember it, it went viral because it was like, you know, f- folks be the main character of the day. You got to get dunked on all day. This dude was like, man, I wish we could choose our baby moms, and it's like, what? What do you mean choose? <laughs> you had the choice. And, I, and a, a woman, like, again, they just dunking on him, clowning him. But somebody, you know, in the mix of the nonsense and the jokes, be some real points. A woman was like, look, my choice is, you know, my body, my choice comes up for women when it's time to decide to keep that baby. Your my body, my choice was when you decided where where your part of, you know, I'm not trying to be explicit or nothing, but where yeah, your yeah, part yeah. of the actual process landed. Because you had a choice in that. It could have yep. laid inside some rubber. You could have mm-hmm. you could have messed up with me. You could have made sure we had birth control. You could have not again not to be explicit or crude, but you could have pulled out. Mm-hmm. There was options. Your choice was then, and you mm-hmm. made your choice. So now yep. it's on me. If you if the girl you wanted to get pregnant decided to have an abortion, you can't be angry because you made your choice at that moment. Because at the moment, like before conception was your choice. This is her choice now. Mm-hmm. You don't pass the baton on you. You gave her the baton to make the decisions you wanted to, to make. And that point stuck with me. I was like, no, that's a really great point. Cause we talk about my body, my choice with women, but men have that choice too. You made that choice in that moment. Now in that moment is a little more complicated of a choice, you know, mentally and physically, of course it is, <laughs> but you, yeah. but you gotta be grown enough to make that choice. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? To be aware of the choices you're about to make. 
and men, the, the choose your baby mom joint makes me laugh. Because people bring it up all the time now as a joke. It's like, what you mean choose? You you did choose. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. You may have and, not wanted to get, get her pregnant, but you still chose. You might not. I, I mean, and 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 what what it makes me too, what makes me so sad is is so many young people, especially they it's it, they act like sex is just a, a recreational sport, and they don't realize there's some real life consequences sometimes with this stuff. And now you're making adult decisions as a teenager, or you're making adult decisions before you were even ready or even wanted to. Um, and I'd be feeling, well, I'd be, I, I feel for some people, but at the same time, I know that, um, you know, I feel for you, but bruh, that's kind of the nature of the beast, man. You, sh- you know, that's what you kind of had to get, know before ahead of time. Um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we, we also, I, I don't know also why people, I don't know. Y'all might not agree, but I don't know why people would be so anti-marriage and then be so pro children, like bro. That's a great. I feel question. like I feel like having a child is a is is in some ways a much bigger commitment. You could sign a piece of paper and get divorced. You can't divorce no child. Mm, you right. know what I'm saying? And so people be like, nah, I don't want to get married, but you know, I'm I'll have two or three kids with you. What? Why? Nah, you're, you're you're spitting right now. As someone who's not like religiously tied to marriage. I am very much invested in like if I have a child, if I have a child with a woman, like I I want to like as someone and ex to ex understands this per- great because we we grew up in similar situations. As someone who did not grow up in a functional two parent household, I would like to raise my kid in a two parent household. And I and I do I think that's the only way to raise a kid? Of course not, because mm-hmm. as someone who didn't come from one, I turned out all right. And there's other ways. It takes a village. You know what I mean? Like my grandparents helped raise me. My uncles, my uncles helped raise me. My aunties, you know, there's people, my mom's friends helped raise, raise me. There, there was, it takes a village, but I would like to start my village with two people who, who don't hate each other. <laughs> but like I said, folks make it like it's some like flipping thing to just have a kid. And then they wonder why, like, you know, it's that it's cycles, man. Like you two were not functional. You raise your kid in this functional environment. And it's one of my favorite memes, although it's it's silly that it's a meme. I, I'd almost call it a cartoon, like to make it more professional. But it's like two parents arguing, and the kid is like, "Oh, I'm gonna be the first one to have to go to therapy, huh?" Well, yeah, y'all two should have been went yeah. to work out this. Cause y'all together in this cartoon, like y'all should have been went to work out this before I was here. Yeah. But what's gonna happen is the joke's gonna be that I'm gonna go first because I know for my family I'm the first one to go. My parent, my dear, my parents never went. My mom still hasn't. She would like to go. She's in, interested now because I've gone. But they, what the situation they they created left me to have to go to therapy. Like I said, I know plenty of folks who have gone and been like, "Dang, my parents did not have a functional situation. Mm. Marriage, no marriage, divorce, not divorce. They don't like the paperwork didn't really matter. But y'all should have been settled some stuff before you had a kid." Even if it took a biker, settle some stuff. Man. And no one else that, that kind of blows my mind too is the fact of I don't understand. Maybe y'all can y'all can y'all can help me understand this. We live in a time where people are people don't want their their partner to get in their phone, but they're very much okay <laughs> with 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 having their like this is what I get confused about. Like their phone, they they protect their phone more than they protect their body. Like nobody can get in my phone, but everybody can, can I can have sex with everybody. 
Like they view their phone as more valuable than they do their person. I just don't get it. Like, what is this? What is this? This 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 need to like, man, I gotta can't let anyone in inside this particular phone. But yeah, I just don't get it. Can y'all explain that to me? Like, you know, like and I, I can't explain. I ain't got nothing for you. Cause cause I, I my girl got my code and I know her code. Not even because like I don't there ain't nothing. I'm not looking through it. I literally I used her code last night because we were both up. She was doing some work. I was hanging out with her while she had she had some work on her side gig to do. She does photography. So we were just hanging out editing photos and like she was falling asleep. And I was like, all right, you know, it's, I know you got work left to do, but it's time to go to bed. Let's just crash. And she was so tired. I was like, I'm helping her to bed. She's just exhausted. Yeah. I know her code. And you know what her, know what her code did? I set her alarm for her. She got to get up earlier than I. Oh, see, that's cute. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't take her code when she was sleeping and be like, well, who's she texting? I don't care. I trust her enough to not have to do that. But knowing her code helped me set her alarms. I know which alarm she needs to set before she go to bed, even though she slumped. People be weird about the phone. Like, I had this conversation with a coworker this week. Because she's an older lady. She's in her 50s. She was like, you know, I think phones are making marriage more, more complicated, blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, too many of us got grandpas that had second families for me to say that. I can't agree. But some of our grandpas was wilding out back then. My gr- Yeah, both on both sides. Uh, but right. I- <laughs> some, of us, some of us who with no phone still managed to have two sets of kids. <laughs> like, So I can't say it's the phones, but I do think it, it makes, it enhances, it's a technology. It enhances whatever was there. If you was going to be a cheater, you finna be a cheater with the phone, without the phone. The phone yep. just makes it easy. Instead of having to go to the bar and pick up a second girl, you're going to go on Tinder and do it or go on Instagram or whatever. Yep. But if you was going to do that 50 years ago, you would have done that. You would have done that anyway. You would have flirted with a girl at the grocery store instead of the girl <laughs> on Tinder or whatever. So it's, listen, the phone thing is weird to me because it's like people be like, I, there's nothing I have to hide in there. My, my group chat, I got my, my group chats pinned to the top of my text messages. You, you, you can e- you can easily find what I talk to y'all about, what I talk to Xavier and our friend Caitlin about. I got another group chat with some friends locally here in Pensacola. You can find all my group chats very fast. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I, I show my girls on my group chats because they funny. I'm like, oh, this joke is hilarious. Come read this. Like, but it's but there's people who are like they, they know there's something in there they're not trying to share. Whether it's photo, some people it's not even text. Some people just keep old photos of old yeah. relationships, old like. People will be flirting on Instagram. Some people will be afraid of what they like or follow on social media. Like it's just too many factors. Yeah, man. I've been watching this other trash television place called uh, Court Court TV <laughs> or a couple couples court. Sorry, couples court. Right? <laughs> and this much time, but I this watched one. This this one. You watched what? Right? Love is blind. This one. Yeah, I watched, oh, I watched Love is blind. I've already seen that, bro. Love is blind <laughs> season two. I ain't going cat, bro. Kalei and I watched almost all the seasons of uh, uh, Married at First Sight. <laughs> I need to watch that. Is that good? I need to probably watch nah, that. Nah, bro. They don't be making it, bro. Like, oh, no. Yeah, I know. I'm assuming they don't make it on Love is Blind season two. I watched season one. Don't spoil it, though. I okay, 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 okay. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to say Have you started season two? No, I'm like seven episodes in. Oh, okay, okay. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. So, no, I've seen one of these reality shows, right? And this, and the girl was like, you know, thinking he was cheating, right? So when he went to sleep, she picked up his thumb, like homeboy slept hard. Picked up his <laughs> thumb, went and put it on the on the on the phone to open it up. And also, I say, whoa! And she, and she found some stuff. You know, when you go looking, you are gonna find some stuff, right? right. Apparently. Um, but but my thinking is like, I don't understand how someone. 
maybe I'm just I'm just I'm just different. I'm just probably I'm probably way weird on this, but it's like you are okay with having a child with this person and all this stuff, but you're not okay with them going through your phone. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're okay with like a lot of different things, but it's like the amber, there's some amber alerts. Some amber alerts coming, man. <laughs> they, they, they want Shetland to run out and the, run out the street right now and go save somebody's kid. Oh, I seen that skit from <laughs> that was funny. That's a funny skit. But uh anyways, let's get out of here. I think that alarm here was sending let's let's trying to wrap it up anyway. Um let me go check out this child, make sure this child okay. Um, but anyway, um <laughs> Uh, but I want yes. This is another episode of the Weird Passes Kid podcast. We have the guys here, and they did an excellent job here at representing some of these things we were talking about. Um, we got my man Xavier here. Follow him on on the socials if you can. Uh, what's your socials again? Your your Twitter. I really don't even be on it like that no more. But <laughs> I know I was plugging it last week, but I'm like I really don't be on here. Rev the Martian. R e v t h a m a r t i a n. Rev the Martian on Instagram, on Twitter. Hit me up. Let's wrap. All right. And then my man, Deshaun, he's anonymous, so don't even try to hit him up. Hit, hit up the no. show. Um, we- <laughs> I got his socials, but y'all can't have it. Yeah, you, if, if you DM X, you got to pass a test. If you pass a, you pass Xavier's quiz, you, you can follow me on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably yeah. still not going to give it to you, though. Mm. I mean, to, to be fair, it'd be, people think it'd be, it'd be deep on there, bro. Today, we was tweeting about what would happen if you got caught in a cold. Like, or how susceptible are you to being caught in a cold? And I said I'm a three out of ten. We would we would debate. <laughs> It'd be nonsense. I don't be speaking about nothing important. <laughs> that actually would be a cool quiz, bro. If we can come up with a quiz about because we could do that. We can come Look, with I, we're gonna bookmark that for later. We're gonna that's yeah, yeah, and about. then have our have the people who listen to this podcast take the quiz and see how susceptible are them to joining the cult. Hey, Content. you you may not be deep no more, Deshaun, but you used to be on your Twitter. You used to be really on your Twitter. Not, not wilding, but used to be on there talking about some stuff. Mm-hmm. Nah, the thing is, I, I be deep, but you got to you gotta commit to following me because you're going to see, yes. like, I was laughing about cults, but I'll also give you some, some interesting thoughts on individualism in America. Like, but that tweet is in the between the seven <laughs> tweets I said about how if you sold vector knives, you, you would join a cult. Hey. Like, I got some nonsense, but you got, you got to dig through the nonsense to find the deep stuff. <laughs> you could omit vector knives. You could put in them Eureka vacuum cleaners. You could put, put in... You could put in... I don't want to go on those What's drinks that anybody be selling, bro? What's some drinks no, what? that we come to sell all the time? You know what oh, I'm no, talking drinks. The big drink. If you sell a flat tummy tea, bro, you would join a cold. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, snap. Hey, I'm just telling y'all, if you if you try if you try to do take your stimulus check and do Forex, you would join a cult, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this is another episode hey. of the weird passes kid podcast no other no other place you can get content like this thank y'all so much man have a good night peace